is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold. I am John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, what a week. We could spend maybe 10 hours discussing what happened Sunday, right? Would you agree? I mean, I, well, 10 hours? Is that too much? might be a strong word. Arguing, fighting. Crying. Crying. Whining. Throwing stuff against a wall. Saying football. We waited all year for football to be here, and now we're already over and it. And now this team sucks. We're not going to do anything. We should fire Bob. We need to kill Bob McNair. We need the whole thing. We could do all that, couldn't we? We could. We actually have reason to, I think. I mean, we do, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was god awful. It was a god awful game, but you know what? Hey, we're moving on to week two. There's nothing we can do about week one. We all saw it. We know what it was. There's a massive issue, a lots of massive issues with this team right now. Let's chalk it up, wrap it up, bury it, and move on because we have 15 more games. This is the NFL. Anything could potentially happen. Let's wait and see, and let's give it some more time before we make our judgments. Well, they made a whole movie on that saying, Any Given Sunday. And it's true. And every year we see underperforming teams crush teams that are supposed to be contenders. Every year we see a team come out of nowhere. This is the beauty of the NFL. And unfortunately, we may be that team that with high expectations that just falls on our face. It happens. It it happens. Two or three times a year. Yeah, usually... It's that Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl hangover. Carolina was last year. Um, typically, it's teams that have to rely on their defense because defense is so much harder to, to project. Guess what? All we have is a defense. I'm we not didn't even see sure much our, of that. I don't even know if we have a defense. Oh, I mean, once hey, they... let's be honest. Once they kind of settled down... The and second half was better. They stopped trying to be super cute. And honestly, we even talked about it a little bit. The worst-case scenarios, they came out with two emotion. Too, too much emotion and burn themselves out. I think there's a lot of different pieces going on with the defense. I think, I think Vrabel, right. I think the emotions, I think, you know, playing from behind and caught off guard by the fact that they're playing the Jaguars and played from behind, played a part. I think there's a lot of different pieces. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville just came out and they... Punched us straight in the mouth. Yeah, and they were going to keep doing that until we stopped them, and we never stopped them, and... Never forced them into a position where they had to throw the ball. Nope. I mean, we just... It was a bad game. Yeah, it was a complete and total sucker punch. Was, Every Everybody that is whining, crying, ranting, raving, there's complete justification. That was one of the most painful games of football I've ever watched. And this is for somebody that has watched a lot of South Carolina games, <laughs> that has faint memories of the Oilers. I mean, when right before we moved to Tennessee... I've seen bad football in my life. I've seen a lot of bad football in my life. That is probably, that is definitely up there with one of the most unwatchable games. Well, 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 I mean, I don't know if you watched the Rams Colts game. Um, yeah. Rams Colts game might have been a little worse. <laughs> Just uh, throw it out there. Fuck the Colts. Um, and, uh, but yeah, no, you're 100% right. It was a bad game all around. 
Uh, obviously, we got to see Deshaun. You know, a lot of people are excited about that. We can get into why I'm not necessarily excited about it and why maybe you may think you like it or, or don't like it. We'll get into that later. I think for right now, let's kind of go through some of the news that's happened this week. And then let's talk about Cincinnati on the latter half of the podcast. So obviously it's Wednesday. We're recording as usual. We tell you pretty much every time when we're recording. Uh, Three hours ago, Brian Cushing suspended 10 games for what? Who would have thought? Wait for it. Drop the ball. PDs. No way. You're going to tell me that Cushing was on steroids? Shut up. You know, he's just permanently roid raging. I, I wonder why. But did you think that he was really on steroids? Yes. Has he shown that he should... I mean, headbutting a guy with a helmet. <laughs> hey, maybe he's just an idiot, right? Did you watch Hard Knocks? I mean, spaghetti, <laughs> scissors, Starbucks, oh, total douche. And yet, here he is again, letting down the team. Just another, by the way, we'll get into it more, but just another member of the team letting down the team is exactly what this is. Him, Dwayne, whatever you want to say, they're both in the same fucking boat. They're letting down the team. Now, here's where I'm at. Team should have cut Cushing and Camp anyways, in my opinion, because he wasn't going to perform at the level that we needed him to and we could have saved quite a bit of money. Now, we're not going to have him until week 11? Oh, he's going to get cut. You think they're going to bring him back? Oh, they'll bring him back. Yeah, they'll bring him back. He's Bob's guy. Unfortunately, he is Bob's guy. That's Bob lot relies on Cushing. Now, can things change to the point to where other rookies step up? We see Dylan Cole. We see Zach Cunningham, who graded out actually really well yet again. The, our boy, Zach Cunningham, who we've been talking about since we drafted him. He graded out extremely well. He stepped up to the he plate. He was the highest graded Texan. Granted, that's not saying much, but at all. But still. yeah, I mean, but for, a, for a second round yeah. pick rookie, first, first NFL game he, on our star-studded defense, and it was Cunningham who came out with the best grade. Granted, he's not as strong in covering running backs as we all hoped he would be. With his not speed. yet. You know what? It's he's a different a, speed. He's a better tackler. He straight up tackled Fournette by himself. And your one concern when we drafted him was what? Not body tackling. Same Using thing as what much. we said about McKinney. Yeah. And it looks like tackling isn't the issue. It's more the lateral move side to side covering a running back tight end. He looked fine, but it was more of the cuts and the decisions that the running back was making for him to be able to stick well, with he has that sh- But it's that NFL he speed. He has that short burst speed. Or right, and you Cunningham, see that showed. Yeah. Cunningham maybe can keep up with anybody for eight yards. Right, it's um, that long term. Maybe just he may be quicker than anybody for three yards, but if you get away from him, you can run away from him. And I think what we saw with Cunningham was exactly like I said, what we've been saying: nose for football, Those always around it. It's just the he was, instincts he he's got it, and and the the, the game. In the NFL, just moves at a different speed. It's going to take him some time to adjust. Preseason is a different speed than regular season. College is different from regular season, preseason. It's just a whole different game. I think he'll get better at covering. We can't just throw him in and expect him, all right, now cover Leonard Fournette, cover Chris Ivory, you know, stay in a, in a curl zone and cover, you know, uh, who's the tight end for Mercedes Lewis? Um, you know, we can't expect that right away. 
But what we can't expect is for him to make the tackles. He looked good. You know, unfortunately, Cushing looked good as well on the goal line and things like that. Cushing, Cushing definitely looked, looked like himself. Open field, Cushing looked more overmatched than he had in a long time. I but would that, agree. That goal line stand. That goal though, line stand. Oh. and that's what he's always been good at. Yeah. That's always that's that's just Cushing, but he's gone now. And to me, yes, I if I was you, if I was them, I I agree with you. I would cut him outright right now. Because what's well, the benefit of keeping them on the they've team? They've already set that as the expectation with with uh, below. Yep. I mean, and that was only four games. Yeah, and that was cut. And that and was a guy that doesn't impact the team. That was his first failed test. This is Cushing's second. Yep. And Cushing is not the player he used to be. Nope. However, Bill O'Brien does have a soft spot for his guys. Yep. And honestly, it's one of those things that I think that it's Bill O'Brien's biggest weakness as a coach. Other than quarterbacks, he's very, very quick. I'm trying well, to think other than Cushing. I'm, I'm trying to think other like, than Cushing. Like, I can't. Well, his, Like, I agree, but. I mean, for instance, Lamar Miller. He continues to field Lamar. That's one of his hand-picked guys. He continued to give Chris Polk chances. That was one of his guys. Okay. Um, Raheem Moore. He continued to play him, and eventually they got the idea. Yeah. Um, I, I get where you're going. I, I, I would agree. There are certain guys that Bill O'Brien kind of carries a torch for. And latches on to. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why, with all the shit that we have that happens in our, in our locker room, that we never have a bad locker room. I believe that's why Bill O'Brien can get away with coaching as hard as he does. is because guys do know that he is loyal and he does stick up for his guys. Especially, I mean, even onto the coaching staff, his guys. He refers to them as his guys. These are... Um, he wants to take care of his guys. But I think that causes him to have a little bit of blind spots. Like, he gives players a lot more leeway than he typically should. A lot more leeway than you normally get in the NFL with players that just aren't performing. Now, I said Lamar Miller. And you look at me like I'm crazy. Lamar Miller was probably our best performing offensive player. Yeah. I think... But I think we still continue to use him wrong. Still trying to run him up the middle. We did try. We did try more stretch plays. And we saw more. Su- I mean, off topic, but we saw more success when Deshaun came in as well. You're gonna open up the run game. No matter, Obviously, we're gonna see no, that no yeah, matter who it is. No matter who's the running back. But he even like once he got past that initial first burst, yeah. he looked more comfortable as well. Well, and right, that's gonna right. happen and because everybody's. We'll, in, we'll come back. To we'll it. get we'll back, back to that, that, but it was just right. nice to see. But my whole point was last year with Lamar Miller, we should be using him as a home run threat. Absolutely. Uh, we should have been we using blue. We should have been using blue to grind it. We yep. should have been using last year. We should have been using Grimes. Yep. Um, just down more. Back. Just more. We should have had a three back rotation, sure. and that would have been the best way to use our backs. We have video proof of that. Every analyst, everybody could see that, except for Bill O'Brien, who's supposed to be an offensive genius. This first game back, they had that crazy, they had a crazy aggressive pass rush on us. Why don't we put the big back in and do exactly what they did to us? Part of the reason that Watt and Clowney didn't have any stats is you got Leonard Fournette beating him in the fucking face every, every down. We could have done that with Foreman. We could have slowed them down. You punch them literally in the mouth. How do you take out a great pass rusher? You run at him because it tires him out. Old school mentality, but it's true. And it's effective. It is. And then we could have softened up with Foreman, and then Miller can go 
be the home run threat, and that's what he's best at, and we didn't do it. And I think that that is... I could be I, I, mean, I could be completely wrong, but how I see it is that's Bill O'Brien, whom has never really failed. He go he's constantly progressed through the college ranks. Goes to the goes to the Patriots, sets all sorts of records, goes to an impossible situation at Penn State and turns it around. Or at least kept him afloat. Right. And it was impossible. Right. Then he comes Then he comes to Houston and I mean, nine and seven, three years in a row, but two of those years were division championships. I think Bill O'Brien in his head believes he knows more than every he he knows more than everybody else. He has an argument that he probably does know more than ninety percent of people when it comes to football. Probably ninety nine percent of people when it comes to football, but he gets these blind spots, and I think that's his that's hubris. That's his I am smarter than everybody else, and he knows it, and he. You see it in a reflection of his offensive staff. We have the smallest offensive staff in the NFL. Or we're getting really into Bob right now, but we need to go back to Cush just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sorry. We'll get into we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into Bob. Maybe that that's going to happen. Um, we're, we're definitely we got to talk Bill O'Brien at some point tonight. It, it's on it's on the agenda. But with Cushing, where do you think? Where do you think, like, as far as just your your pure speculation, where where do you think that the team goes as far as Cushing? It depends where we're at. Honestly, I hate to say it. If we're winning, they're gonna bring him back. You yeah. you think well, you think so? Yeah. Oh, see, I think it's opposite. No, no, no. If we're winning, and we think we need that veteran presence, we'll bring him back. If we're losing, and it looks like we just got to start shedding people, then he's not coming back. So there's there's actually an argument for either side. So if you're if you're winning without him. There's no reason to bring him back. And then if you're winning without him and you can add two, then there's a reason to bring him back. And then same with losing. If you're losing, you bring him back to help at least finish the season strong. Or if you're losing, there's no point in keeping him, cut him. So I can see an argument for it either way. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I, I, I you're right. It doesn't matter. No, I don't I mean. Think... I don't mean for me. I mean for them. I think their mindset. I I don't think it matters. I think, I think they're gonna look at it and say, unfortunately, we have to do it, and it's not gonna come up to Bill O'Brien. I think it'll come down to Bob McNair, and Rick Smith, and to me, that kind of gets us back to the point of. And the problem, I think, with this team is that there just isn't enough communication from the top to the bottom and a common understanding and agreement on how this team should be established and built. And I do think that there's this area between all three of them. Well, I guess I can't say all three for sure, but I do think there's something there with Rick and Bob, whether they say there isn't or there is. Well, they come from two different mindsets on football. Right. I mean, Rick Smith comes from the old Broncos. Bill O'Brien comes from the Patriots way. Right. And I don't think they're meshing. And I don't think they have meshed. I don't think there's been much meshing. And I think that's kind of where we're starting to really see the problem. I think if you were to ask Bob in a candid conversation with his buddies at the bar, hey, would you like Dwayne Brown back? I would give anything to have Dwayne Brown back, I think would be his his honest opinion. 
but then I think you're looking at it from Rick Smith's perspective, and it's okay. Well, we have Merciless, who's on a pretty. All our players are pretty much on the same exact contract, th- three to four to five years, all guaranteed money up front. Last two years, no guaranteed money. If we cave now, then we're gonna have Merciless, DeAndre, JJ, all these other contracts that are gonna come up and say. Okay, well, you did it for Dwayne. It's time for you to do it for me. I think the disconnect is with Rick Smith. Is he thought by playing hardball, that Dwayne would come around? And for me, it for me the frustration is more inaction. I think that if you asked Bill O'Brien, he would have probably gone the Belichick way of, all right, either you sign or we're trading you. Report or you're gone, and they'll trade him for pennies on the dollar. And everybody would have been pissed, but at least would have a productive player or an asset out of it. Right now, we're in a no-win. That's where we're at. Um, And, again, I completely understand why Rick Smith is doing it. Completely understand. And I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm not saying that trading him for pennies on the dollar would be the best way of handling it. Because you do, you destroy, you can possibly destroy chemistry in a locker room. Um, because they won't have faith in the organization anymore. People forget a lot of the reason that Belichick is able to get away with the moves he does is because he's the greatest coach of all time. Any other coach does that, he's heartless, and it blackballs him. But because you're Bill Belichick, you get to make that sort of personnel moves, and people want to come play with you. Now, Rick Smith hasn't changed who he is. All the way back to Dante Robinson with the pay me man, or pay me, pay me Rick cleats. Like, this is how he... He handles it. This is how everybody knows going in how he's going to handle it. And honestly, I, I know I just talked in a circle. I don't have an answer on what the best way to do it. I just know that it fucking sucks. And that, Dwayne, at this point, you're a vested veteran. You're going to get paid. You signed your contract. Either play or retire. As much as I think that Bill O'Brien is a, a he, he tries to have that Belichick mindset. I think there's a part of Bill O'Brien that doesn't have that Belichick mindset and he thinks oh, yeah. about the instantly winning. Like, I don't think he's as, as I don't want to say heartless because Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. What I do mean is I think Bill O'Brien's a little different in the sense of shit, this guy could help me win games. Does it set a set of bad precedents? Yes, but we'll deal with that precedence when we get there. I honestly do believe that. Bill just based on his emotion when he talks about having Dwayne here when the question comes up it's a completely different body language tone just all about it it just looks different when he talks yeah. about it no you're right to where I, I feel like he would if he was GM he would honestly do it if he had full player control I think he would have done anything he needed to to get him in the building and so that's what I mean so and I think that's where the true disconnect lies right now between Rick and and, and Bob is the fact that Bill O'Brien's trying to win games, and that's his job. His job is to do whatever he can to win games. Is Dwayne Brown the ultimate decision and and biggest part of why we lost Sunday? No. Will he be for the rest of the season? Most likely not, but he definitely helps. And I think when Bill O'Brien's mindset, he thinks, this guy helps me win football games. I want him back. Rick Smith is, we're not bringing him back. He's going to either come back and sign regular or you know for the contract he agreed to or we're not bringing it back at all now right i think that i think that you're actually bringing up a great point rick smith more looks at it long term like correct. how are we gonna get the most out of our assets long-term? correct bill o'brien is i'm in win now mode right 
not necessarily win Super Bowl, just win in general. It's uh, it's I'm in my right. last year of my contract. Yeah. I want to show whether it's here, just like a college tape, whether it's here or it's somewhere else. I want to show that I'm capable of doing so. And you're not giving me the opportunity to yeah. do so with the best players I can put on the field. So and now to kind of touch on the trading aspect of Dwayne Brown. What I don't get, and there's a lot of people throwing out that they're fielding trade offers and they're listening and that they expect them to trade him. What do you expect to happen when with trading Dwayne Brown? Like, if you're a team and he hasn't reported, yeah, and he's been, it's not happening. Right, it's it's late. not happening. No team, I don't care what happens to a tackle, no team's going to say, oh, you know what? Dwayne Brown hasn't reported to camp. Or to the team all year, let's give up a third or fourth round pick to have Dwayne. No, they're not. Because they know he's not in football shape. He hasn't gotten hit. He hasn't played a lick of football in over a year. Nobody's giving up anything for Dwayne Brown. On top of that, he's going to go and report to that camp. He's going to want a contract extension or guaranteed money. No team is going to do that. Zero. Yep. So I don't get why only Pat that, and everybody else says, yeah, they're going to trade. No, they're not going to listen to trade. Nobody's calling about Dwayne the Brown. The only team that could potentially have done it would have been the Seahawks. And I think that Pete Carroll could get Dwayne to report. But we ain't going to get shit if, we, if he does. We ain't, we aren't, we're not getting a third-round pick. We might get, I don't know, a fringe player at this point. It's just too late. I really don't even see, I really don't even see Seattle as bad as their offensive line is. No, why would Seattle do it though? They're, that's, that's what I'm the, saying. That's the only one that I would think to would risk getting even, hurt. There would even be a chance. Uh, the chance that's is it. I would agree. If there was a chance, and that's it'd not be a much, Seattle. And there's not much. It maybe be if Donald Penn goes down in Oakland, and they feel they have a good shot. Maybe Oakland pulls the trigger. Other than that, I don't see any team in the NFL risking it because the fact of the matter is Dwayne has a real high possibility of getting hurt almost immediately considering the fact that he has done no physical activity outside of maybe pull-ups and fucking push-ups and jumping jacks. He's done nothing. He's not going to be ready to go, and he's not getting traded. He's going to get hurt. He's gonna get hurt, I mean, even I if he hate, comes back now to us. He's gonna get hurt. I, I mean, I hate, I hate to say it. When the, if he came back to though. us, I would make, I would make him sit for three weeks. No bullshit. I would make him sit for three weeks, and I'd have him practice with us. That's what I yeah. would do to help alleviate him getting hurt. I'd have him practice with the practice squad just so he got hit. Whatever it would be, whatever, whatever you want to do. But at this point, where we're at, this whole Dwayne Brown get traded thing, like I laugh every time I hear it, because like just think about it. Would you trade anything for – honestly, I don't even know where to go with that. Like, there's just not a bad, good analogy for it. It's a fucking retarded idea, and it's not happening. Well, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't go that far, but it's a pipe dream. It's it's a pie in the sky, okay. and it's – It's not happening. Yeah, it's just – it's not happening. Like – You're not getting anything for him either. Everybody – we would we would love – for it to be realistic, but it's not. Sure. I'd I like as many picks as we can get. We need every single fucking on one of them. It's like, yeah, heck, heck yeah, I'd definitely take yeah, that. Yeah, I'd do it on Madden. You know? But this is real life, and 
Yeah, we need draft picks. I would prefer to have it. We especially oh, we with the really need especially with the way this season is looking. Like, yes, give me whatever you have. But at the end of the day, it's not happening. Maybe a seventh, <laughs> maybe a sixth. We'll see Dwayne get moved. Yeah, I don't see anything above that happening. I really, honestly, don't. So, and and I don't see Dwayne Brown coming back until week nine. And I think when he said, "I'll be pl- yes, I'm going to play football this season," he means week nine. Yeah. He doesn't mean traded or anything. He means literally, yeah, I'm going to play week nine when I have to report or else I add another year to my contract. That's what he meant. Or he's just retired. No, he said he's going to play. So he said it. But I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's there's too much money on the table for him to retire. Even if he comes back week nine, he's still making what's that? Three and a half million dollars. He's not retired. And then if he doesn't come back, he's adding two more years to the contract to the Texans. I, I still think there's a chance he retires. Maybe. I, I, I don't, I don't think it. it's over money. Oh, I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. I think there's a lot going on. I think the wife being in LA plays a big part of it. I think the contract does piss him off quite a bit. The fact that he saw so many average offensive tackles get paid this, this free agency. I think the way the team is and performs and the quarterback issues and everything else, I think there's a lot of different moving pieces that are going on with this, and it's all bubbling up and becoming just a fucking problem. That's all there is to it. And I don't expect to see him in a Texans uniform at all. Neither do I. I I really don't. I hate that we talked about him at all. I really do. It's such a fucking negative thing to talk about, and it really pisses me off. There's so many other things we could be talking about, but the fact that we're our offensive line is so bad that we are talking about Dwayne Brown still at the day before our week two game is frustrating. So there you go. Texans. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk about Dwayne Brown for 11 minutes. Um, all right. B.O.B. You already started. I don't know if you have much left. (laughs) That tank's probably a little empty by now, but knowing you the way I do, I feel like there's actually still quite a bit to go. So no, I'm just, just going to give up I just small... go back. I just go back to us having the smallest offensive staff mm. in the National Football League. Like, he needs to hire somebody. He needs to hire anybody, anybody at all that has a different opinion. Don't hire one of your best friends. Just, I don't, I mean, it's, it could be somebody as crazy as Chip Kelly. Who, no, who they're best friends. Oh, I, I don't know. No, I know they're, 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 they're friends. They're like, they're like, like but their they wives know each different. other. They have completely different offense philosophies for their offense. Yeah, but you can't implement a Chip Kelly offense. No, I'm not saying that you can. Season. You need somebody that's in there that Bill will listen to and go, you're right, that is pretty dumb. Or you're right, I am overthinking this. Or you're right, I'm trying to make this too complicated. So instead of an OC, maybe like an offensive consultant? It's a, yeah, I mean a quality control. Essentially. Well, the, it's called a quality control coach. Um, usually it's how coaches first break into the league. They just watch tape over and over and over, but we need somebody, you can call him whatever you want, that just kind of thumps Bill on the head and just tells him to calm his ass down. Uh, Bill O'Brien's offense, the complicated part about it isn't the scheme. Everybody keeps making it out like it's this crazy scheme. It's really not. Now, we've gotten well, into it multiple times. We've, we've, and it's, we've discussed it's, it's, exactly what the offense is. It's not what everybody thinks it actually is. It's not difficult. 
Well, it is. It's just being on the it same is, page. It's it is difficult. It's building chemistry. It's the whole reason. I mean, it, it's at that, this point in his tenure, it's not difficult, in my opinion, with the players that we have on the team. Yeah, I guess at is what this, I'm saying. At this point, maybe for certain players that are new to the team, right? But I think with uh, with people that have been on this team, DeAndre, CJ, Ryan Griffin, um, Jalen Strong, Lamar Miller. Our offensive line, I guess now technically not, they're all pretty much new. <laughs> um, and then Tom Savage, I, I don't think that the, I don't think it's, it's complicated or hard to them. Right. I do think it's hard to learn and get on the same page and build that rapport with the rest of your right. offense they at that have, point. They have to build chemistry. Right. And I actually have no fault with any of the times that Bill has pulled the quarterback as they can't perform. They have to perform. But... I do think the Brian Hoyer, I think if we go back to 15, him openly admitting it was a mistake, I think really does show that it was, it was that, that was like all this knee jerk reaction shit that people are like, oh my God, it was a knee jerk reaction. Deshaun Watson was, no, that that was actually probably the best move that we could have made. The Brian Hoyer thing I would say was a knee jerk reaction in a bad spot to be in. I think they're two different situations completely. Right. Deshaun no. is mobile and could potentially extend plays with our shitty offensive line. He might actually be able to survive. And and wouldn't die behind it. The Hoyer thing, Hoyer just looked like shit. And Bill O'Brien was freaking out mentally. And he made a knee-jerk reaction. This was for the best of the team. That's I all there is to it. Hoyer, he, I think he did more out of temper. Mm-hmm. I think that that was more... He was just pissed off at Hoyer. For playing dumb, because Hoyer would get that deer in his headlights type look. I think he just wanted. I think he wanted to come out and perform, opening game, set the tone and show that you know, hard knocks was that year. Like all that stuff was yeah. built up in his mind. It was like, ah, like on national TV, I made you the starter. I, you know, we did all these things, and this is how you play. God, what will I do? How can I make myself look better? I'm gonna put Mallet in. That's that's my thought on why he did what he did. I no, I Sunday night or Sunday morning. I don't think that's what it was. I think they had eight to ten minutes to decide what they could do. Not even necessarily to give them a spark, like Bill O'Brien said. I think it's more genuinely how who is going to be able to live behind this offensive line yeah. for if the Sa- next. If Savage time. had gone back out there, Savage would be roadkill. Oh yeah, still, would still be scraping away. Absolutely, absolutely. But he'd be embedded into the turf. Yep. Um, I've said when we talked about when is Deshaun Watson going to be the starter, I said as soon as he gives us a better chance to win than Savage, and this is actually not even a knock on Savage's performance. Savage was fine. I think he's more than fine. I throwing the ball, Savage was his, was yeah, he was better than fine. Like there's no knock on. And it's not even his fault for being in the position that he is in. Unfortunately, it's the team around him. Right. And Watson's just got a better chance of surviving. I think that even though their numbers their numbers ended up being very, very similar. But Watson still has the higher ceiling, even with all that craziness. Absolutely. Like, Savage, if we put him up, I don't know, he dropped Savage on Oakland. He does. He's probably just as good as David Carr. Like you, or, 
Derek Carr. Yeah. He can throw the ball, man. Okay, look, you're talking he about can Savage lover ball. here. I love Savage. When we drafted him, I thought I was if the only go, one it, in the Savage team at that point. He can throw the ball. He can. He has a great arm, great cannon. But when you're talking about being as good or better than Derek Carr, I, I, uh, there's a lot of other parts that go into the quarterback better, than throwing the ball. But I think comparable. Uh, yeah, so Derek Carr's a, a little more he, mobile. I think he put up similar numbers. If you put, yeah, I think he'd be a good quarterback on Oakland. I think. I think he would be an above average. I would say this. I would say he'd be a better decision maker than Derek Carr. I think all the intangibles that Derek has compared to Tom, offensive protection, understanding the scheme, the defenses that are lined up, being able to make the adjustments. I think Derek has him on yes. that. And so when you add those two together, I'd rather have Derek. But yes, I'd arm talent alone. I'd arm, take Tom. I'd probably take Tom over twenty eight of the other quarterbacks in this league. If we would go based on just arm talent, I mean, you go back and you watch some of those throws against the Jaguars. Oh my god, that breadbasket throw to DeAndre on the sideline. Yeah, those that are, should have been a catch. Yeah, especially after that contract, and then a, the other drops that happened. I mean, there were just countless drops. Now I you know, that's the only the whole, thing I will. Fault. There's my issues with Savage from that game. Is he only had eyes for DeAndre? I would agree. He didn't even give anybody else. I would agree. Chance. I would agree. Oh man, like there was like a love song going on there. Hey, it's okay. That's what you're supposed to do. Unfortunately, the there's, difference is the difference is old hop, sure-handed hop. The reason would have caught those. The reason Hop got that big contract is he's supposed to catch those balls. He's some, he's he's all he's been known as one of the most sure-handed wide receivers in the league. That's just that's always been. He has glue for hands. Now there are people in other podcasts that are ripping DeAndre right now, acting as if they've never performed bad at work in general. People have bad days in the office, at home. On the field. DeAndre had a bad day. I think DeAndre would honestly tell you, I had a bad day. I let my team down. I don't expect DeAndre to perform like that throughout the whole season. Yeah, I think he I just agree. had, he's a, gonna, he's he had a down back. day. He's going to bounce back and then. Well, it's getting shattered a little bit by his performance last year. Right. That Exactly. If he was coming off of a 1,500-yard season like the year prior, he would. everybody would be like, oh, he just had a down day. No, last year was a down year. Bad quarterback play. He also may have been exposed a little bit as far as the physical temperament and, and the physical nature of the corners playing press and everything else that went on with it. I think he just had a down game, and I don't think we need to ridicule DeAndre right. for for dropping the ball. Like, get the fuck out of here. He's going to bounce He's back. a top five wide receiver in the league. Get over it. He had a bad fucking game. That's all there is to it. I agree. He's going to bounce back. DeAndre's going to be fine. It's probably the only person on offense right now that I would trust. The only person we have on offense. Yeah. <laughs> CJ looked damn good and then gets another I concussion. love CJ, man. I hate that he got hurt. I hate that we had to put him on IR. Yeah. I mean, no joke. He's probably... I, I really I really thought this was the players. year. Like, I, I just, agree. It just sucks. Because what he's done and how far he's come from being just a blocking tight end coming out of college to what, to what he was last year before he got his first concussion... And then he's it, he looked really good on. And so and that's the one thing that I think people aren't talking about enough. Everybody, 
is his blocking and how we're going to lose that right now. Yeah. It's going to be a big... He's considered a top 10 at Top ten blocker at his position. He's, he's oh, I thought top, it was. I thought it was like top five. I, think I could it's have top sworn. Four, but I, I, I'm yeah. not sure. Someone goes. I'm not going to quote. Top 10. Sure. Either I way, know that he is top. I 10. know he's a perennial blocker. Yeah, I'm he always sure has he, been. He routinely graded out as a top four run blocker, but I'm not 100 percent sure. It's going it, to impact so us. It's going to. It's just going to hurt more now. Because we don't have another tight end, Evan Bayless, and once Ryan Griffin comes back, and even Steven Anderson, when those when all three are healthy. We We've won't have a tight end that can block the way CJ did. And all that does is make the offense even worse. Even if he's not catching the ball, given how bad our offensive line performed. So, and this all goes back to, you know, Bob in general. You know, there's a lot of different things. Look, Bob, people are calling for Bob's head. I get it. It's frustrating. It's hard to watch. I even heard, but, you know, I even heard today that this next game is a must-win game. No, it's not. That's not how. That's, that's not, not how the NFL works. That's not there are the no must-win games in the week two. That's not even how the Texans operate. Like, yes, is it harder to make the playoffs of a, off of zero and two? Yes, it is. It's not a fucking must-win. There's the, the only must-win is when you're on the fringe of the playoffs, <laughs> and you need to win to get in. Other than that. This season is going to be exactly what we talked about being. It was either going to be we ride it out with Savage and things go well, or we see Deshaun early and we mail it in for the rest of the season. And I don't mean not try, just mean in the sense that the expectations are out the window at this point. We don't know what to expect. We don't know how good Deshaun's going to be. We all of a sudden went from a team that had high expectations. Thought that we were going to go. We had realist. It was Prior to the season starting, it was realistic that we would have an opportunity to make it to the AFC Championship. Like, if everything broke right, yep. we had a legitimate chance of that. Yep. And that's the main reason that Savage was the starter. Yep. We now have to readjust that. Yep. Now we just got to hope that... <laughs> at best case scenarios, we're like last year's Cowboys. Um, I think that... By going to Watson. Best Europe. case. That That's best case. best case scenario. That is best case at now. We have to reevaluate what we want or what's going to make us happy as football fans this season, too. Because we're not going to get a special season. But I mean, see, we could. It just may be special in another way. Right. We're going to see a rookie quarterback come in and we're going to see flashes and glimpses and and a bunch of different things that go on. And we need to appreciate that for what we're going to see and look forward to on what that'll bring to us as a franchise and just be okay with it yeah. because there's nothing else we can do. We may, it may be a shit season where Deshaun shows he sucks. He can't be a quarterback. He can't fix the accurate accuracy issues. He uh, isn't learning the offense. He can't be a quarterback of the future. We could potentially learn that. I don't know. But right now there's so many unknowns that there's no reason for us to just jump off a fucking cliff. Just hopefully every game isn't as painful as this past Sunday. If it's that bad, then we have a huge issue, John. If if it's that bad, I don't know if a podcast could exist because I don't bad, want to we listen might to it. Cowboys unfiltered. What the fuck did you just say, John? <laughs> you were waiting. You wrote that down today at work, no, didn't you? Not. Yes, you did. You liar. You wrote that down at where you were waiting. You're like, I'm gonna bait this motherfucker into it, and I'm gonna drop it on him. How yeah. dare you? That was disrespectful as hell. Yeah, and I hate you. That's not happening. 
I would rather go to a Colts podcast anyways. Yeah, I'm not doing that. No, we're doing it. Yeah, now we're called <laughs> Fuck the Colts Unfiltered. Uh, anyways, uh, look, there's so many things going on. And it's hard for us to stay on task because there's so many moving pieces. The For us to end this Bob topic, I, I don't know where it ends. I don't know what happens. So many people are calling out Bob for what is happening we're just going to have to take it a week at a time and kind of see where things go. And a lot of you may be right. This could be the last season of Bill O'Brien as our coach. And a lot of you may be happy for that. I think me and John don't agree on a lot of things. And I think that's what makes this podcast great. But I think the one thing that we both would agree on is that we think Bill O'Brien is a fantastic head coach and maybe we haven't seen it 100% here, but I do think we will see it on another team. Yeah, that's what and it's unfortunate. Me. I don't, I don't it's think It's unfortunate. That, I think that he has potential to be a fantastic head coach. I still think that he's going to be a good coach for somebody. I think that he needs to lose his – he's going to need to lose his job here before he ever reaches that. If he ends up getting by and staying with us – we're going to have a mediocre coach for the next couple of years. I don't think that he's going to be able to, I don't think Bill O'Brien's reaching his potential as our coach. He has to get knocked out a peg. He has to, unless he just, I don't know. It's entirely possible that he magically wakes up and has an epiphany and it hits him himself. So my thought was but that that, that could happen at the end of the season is if for some reason we find a way we go, I don't know, 10 and six, somehow he keeps his job. The one thing I, I will say is... We go 10 and 6, he'll keep his job. No, I'm sorry. 6 and 10. Forgive oh, me. Yeah. Forgive me. 6 and 10. Dyslexic. A lot of drinks at happy hour tonight. <laughs> um, if we go 6 and 10, somehow he keeps his job. I will say that every year he's changed something. So from you know going to Godsey as offensive coordinator, firing Godsey, going to himself as the offensive coordinator... Maybe this next step for him, maybe before he wanted to bring in an offensive coordinator or an offensive consultant, whatever it is that may be, maybe he wanted to see if he could do it. And he, this is the true test mentally for him if what he's doing is working. And if not, then now he's at the point where, okay, I did this, it didn't work. I did this, it didn't work. I did the, You come in, run your offense, implement your offense. I will be that coach that leads, makes people want to fight for me. You have defense, you have offense, I have team, and move on. I, I do see that as a very slim possibility, but I do see it. And I'd prefer that, but that's just me. Um. So, yeah. All right, Bengals, tomorrow night, John. They are coming off of uh, embarrassing loss, too. This is the embarrassing loss bowl on Thursday night football. Uh, Andy Dalton threw four interceptions. He's looked like he back to old Andy Dalton, but yeah, for the a, credit, it's amazing what happens when you lose your entire offensive line. I do think Baltimore will be like top two, top three defense based on what I saw. Baltimore looks really good. Brandon Williams is a fucking monster. Yeah, he's a hell of a defensive tackle. And there's Terrell well, Suggs looked like he was Terrell yeah. Suggs of ten years ago. There's a lot of good things going on there, and right so now, that's good the, for them. But the Bengals are like a bizarro version of us. Um, they've got their proven mediocre quarterback. Yep. They have 
an amazing wide receiver. Yep. They, for some reason, are featuring their least talented running back as their feature back. Again, Bizarro. Um, Hop is almost as good as Green, not quite as good. If Dalton was on the Texans, he would be a re- probably considered a really good quarterback. And Lamar Miller is more talented than Jeremy Hill, no matter what I may or may not say. He honestly is. However, again, it's just crazy the kind of similarities that we have. Right now, both teams are stronger on defense than they are on, are on offense. This could be a a nice get-right game for us, definitely for our defense. I think that against the Jaguars, our defense tried too hard to create that moment, especially in the first quarter, and that's why they kind of gassed themselves. Um, it's one of the hundred different things that went wrong, but I think that, that was a significant part of it. Everybody wanted to have that big play. Whoever got that first sack, the roof would have gone off on NRG if we got in a sack in the first quarter. And they pushed themselves to do that. Well, now they should have a much easier time. Expectations have been um, refocused. I think everybody's come down back to earth, and now the Bengals are going to be the team that gets to pay for pay for that. I hope. Uh, I really, really hope. I think the, I think the Bengals propose a problem. They, I think they do have a um, underrated defense. I, I think their pass rush is, is on par with most of the league. They have certain stars that are better. No, they have a suspended linebacker too. They have obviously a suspended linebacker. I hate to keep saying it, but there's two ways this game goes. Either we come out and we respond in a way that we need to, to make us all feel better about the season. Or two, this is a typical Cincinnati Texans game and something crazy happens at the end where the kicker misses or TG it's comes well, out from the realm. And it's Bengals is... in prime time. So something crazy will happen. Right. It's just, what will that crazy thing be? I mean, I don't think the Bengals have beat us in, I mean, no jokes I think it's about been six years. Yeah, no jokes about TJ Yates. Well, he just got released. His injury settlement just happened. He's actually released now. He's a free agent right now. No. Yes, he is. No, 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 we're not going down that he road. He is though. We're not going down that road. Well, you may have to now, considering Tom Savage agent just came out and said that uh, he doesn't believe that uh, he should have been benched, and that if you watch the plays after the two NFL prospects that he had watched the film, all five dropped passes out of the seven. 13 stat line that he put up were all drop balls and it made no sense for him to be benched tj it's may end up being on our team tomorrow at some point <laughs> so who knows uh, uh because but the good thing uh, about yeah, the tj brian's gonna listen to an agent yeah absolutely the good thing about tj it's is he did help paint a room with who this offseason deshaun watson yeah. so if the bengal killer himself spread the knowledge Maybe Deshaun all of a sudden gets accurate, lines up, makes the adjustments for protection, and Tom Brady's him. It could happen, but I don't see it happening that way. I mean, I see Deshaun having a terrible stat line, the run game being enough to get us in there, Fairbane kicking a couple field goals, and we win, and it's ugly, and that's 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 how we it's win. Gonna be it's going to be a typical yeah. Bengals Texans game. It's just going to be ugly. We're gonna we're gonna grind it out. Defense could be the difference. Defense- 
here's my crazy prediction. The defense sure. will get a score. Okay. They'll get a score. Either force a fumble or a pick six. They'll somehow get a score. It'll be interesting to see what their uh, offense looks like with John Rosso. Because the one... I thought Rosso's hurt. Uh, looks like he could potentially play. He of course w- he could. Um, the one thing that I will give Andy Dalton credit for is his deep ball is beautiful. And it always has been. Well, it's all timing-based. So he doesn't really have well, the arm to push it. But if he gets up timing and Ross... He's so fast. We'll probably It'll be interesting it. to see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. There you go. Both have our speedster, so, our heart speedster receivers. I'm telling you, bizarro game. It's going to be weird. It's like looking in an ugly mirror. But, but, but best best scenario, in my opinion, would be we come out, we fuck them up, we hit them in the mouth from the beginning. JJ and Clowney and Merciless show the defense that we expected to see. We, we knock them back. Offense comes out and does just enough to win. Gains a little confidence, and then we move on to New England, New England and fucking get destroyed because that's what's going to happen right after the Bengal game. Yeah. All that momentum from last year's uh, AFC playoff game. No, no, no. That is not happening, fellas. This is going to be a tough game to watch. Patriots, Texans, I am not fucking excited about that. But we have a week. We have 10 days, actually. We need those 10 days to get right. Yeah. So let's enjoy this Bengals game tomorrow and go from there. John, what else you got? That's it? Nothing no. else, John? Well, I'm Come on. To do, well, I wanted to do my shout-outs. Oh, let's do it. Some yeah, small shout business shout-outs for, for, obviously, with Houston, uh, with Harvey, making the impact that it made on the city that we love and, and we're a part of. We need to do what we can, and one of the things we can do with the amount of listens that we're starting to get per week, and, and we appreciate you guys for that. Uh, without you guys, we're we're literally nothing. So thank you, uh, and keep up the iTunes reviews and the SoundCloud follows and all of that stuff. But the one thing we can do is is spotlight certain small businesses in Houston that could use uh, the publicity to get back on their feet. It's very hard for a small business to be able to come back from natural disasters and things like that. So. Uh, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you and let you kind of kind of do what you need to do on that front. All right, I've got a for this first week. I just sent out a message on Reddit and just pretty much asked people to kind of nominate. Um, again, we're doing this in lieu of taking any sort of promotion or doing any commercials or anything like that. As long as we do this little segment, we can't. That has been my understanding. We're giving away free advertising, so people don't want to advertise. I know it's small; it's not much. But it is what Something we, can, we do. can do. And, you know, we, it does kind of make a difference in our lives as well. Hopefully, though, this kind of also reflects how I'm going to kind of tie it back in. As I know everybody always, or not everybody, but people whine that our mascot is too generic. That it's Texans. But this kind of honors that. It's like, you know, that it's pretty cool. We are Texans. And this is just Texans helping Texans. Shout out to Pinkerton's Barbecue. Open during the storm and fed first responders. That's awesome. I, that's really, really awesome. Um, they also did... They were open the entire time. They fed as many first responders as they could. And they crowdsourced a safe rescue for a staff member in dire need of dialysis. So... Looked out for their people, looked out for our first responders. And then the other one was the pit room. They pretty much did catering for both first responders and hospitals. 
Feel free to send me any messages if there, you think there's anybody else we need to give a shout out to. Any so, other stories? Coco's Crepes on Washington, probably my favorite um, breakfast place in Houston. Obviously, Breakfast Club is up there as well, but Coco's Crepes on Washington, right across from uh, Bricks, is awesome. Go support them. They have great crepes, great coffee. They have, also have gelatin. Uh, go by and try them out. They're they're so good, and the people are so friendly and nice. I know they had some issues, so uh, shout out to Coco's Crepes. <laughs> they're an awesome company. And obviously, anything else, just keep in mind, guys, as the city rebuilds, one of the biggest things you can do is support the small businesses that can, that will have a hard time financially to be able to get back on their feet. You know, the Kroger's, HEB's, Macy's, all those big companies aren't going to have that hard of a time to be able to get back. Well, if you need to go to HEB, go to HEB. <laughs> not saying don't go. <laughs> go to HEB over Kroger after everything they've done. Absolutely go to HEB over Kroger. What I'm saying is in, in lieu of those companies can't bounce back the way that HEB and Kroger can. Right. They, they're going to have a harder time, so we need to support them, help the city get back and rebuild, and the best way to do that is by supporting the businesses. So Help your small businesses. That way they can stay in business, keep their people employed, and, I mean, it's been proven over and over. The best way to keep the money in your economy is keep it as local as you can. Yep, absolutely. John, look, we got a game tomorrow night. Let's predict the final score for tomorrow's night's game. You're you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. After week one, we're not going to do it every week, but after week one and how shitty it was, your score for tomorrow night's game is... 13-10. Us? Yeah. 13-10 us. I actually think it's going to be like 17-3 us. I think we come out and punch them in the mouth immediately. I think JJ... After having his hands on his knees the second drive and, and not being in the best football shape, I think he's going to make a difference. I think Clowney, hopefully, which we didn't talk about too much, goes back to defensive end where he was most effective and makes an impact. And, and Merciless and Scarlet get going, and I think we'll be fine. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, just seventeen three at nose tackle. Yeah, that was – why do you have to end it that way? Why do you have to end it with our stupidity? God, these people were probably thinking, what a great pot. And then John comes in with a stupid-ass one play to mention before. You know what? If Fuck you, John. One, Just stop, John. It one play. It doesn't it matter. way too many plays. That's fine. Whatever. Look, hey, guys, uh, Texans Unfiltered here. Signing off. I'm Young Ari Gold. That's the Garnet Texan. We really appreciate you guys listening. Go on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Store. You can find us. Just search Texans Unfiltered. We are a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. We're signing off. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bulls on parade, bulls on parade, bulls on parade. Bulls on parade. Stop it one second, I say bulls, bulls on, on parade. parade. Got a mean D, D. and they on the hunt. Opponents three and out. Now they got a butt. Applying pressure. Applying